You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right. Welcome to Discovering Multifamily. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato uh, with Red Knight Properties. And here we talk about all educational aspects as it relates to uh, commercial real estate. And today uh, we have a very special guest who's a good friend of mine and uh, business associate. And what you know she is going to talk about today is going to be valuable to a lot of people who are in the real estate industry, whether they're trying to get started or whether they're already established um, and trying to grow. Um, and it's a topic that a lot of people don't really discuss because I don't know if it's they're not aware of it or um, they don't think it's really important. Um, well, I have news for them and she has news for you that this is becoming more important, especially in the age of we're recording this at the end of April during COVID when things are getting more digital. So I want to welcome uh, our guest here, Monica, and um, she's the founder of MD Inc. And uh, she assists, essentially at MD Inc., she assists teams that create and manage uh, SEO content with companies from very small to large. And uh, they really focus on digital marketing marketing and content creation. Um, and she works with a few real estate companies. So we want to hear her uh, experience with that and what she's been able to um, you know, deliver for her clients and um, kind of just talk about that, that experience. So, so welcome, Monica. Hope I introduced you all right. Yeah, that was perfect. Thank you, Anthony, for having me on. It's always exciting to talk to a friend, especially when we can't leave our homes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, so if you want to just tell the audience, you know, what, what you're focused on and, and kind of piggyback off that, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So like Anthony said, um, content's really important. I don't know about any of the viewers out there, but I know I've been spending about 40% more time on my device. Um, there's Google analytics that show 40 to 60, even 70% on some platforms have increased. Um, so if you're not in front of your client or your potential client or investor, then I don't know that, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't improve yourself right now. So also to piggyback on what you were saying, Anthony, uh, some of the firms I've worked with are in architecture, investment firms, construction, and uh, real estate attorneys. So everybody that I've been talking to on my, my client list, um, they've just been exponentially increasing their touch points with their current and potential clients, whether it's emailers, um, a better content strategy campaign, or just even more phone calls, which of course is outside the realm, but it's still important to keep contact with people that are um, looking at your business. Makes sense. And so when you're talking about keeping contact, does that mean, let's say you have a business, you have a website and you offer a product and, you know, you have a newsletter every once in a while, every month. Mm -hmm. Is that enough? Depends. Depends how aggressive you are in your market or what the, the temperature is of that market. So if the purpose of your newsletter is just to be in someone's inbox, that might be one checkpoint. If it's to engage potential or current clients to a different level, that might be a different touch point. Um, even the content within it matters. So it's not necessarily quantity of emails, it's the quality of emails. Am I getting 
as a viewer or as a potential customer, am I getting valuable content? Is it something that I even want to share or like post, you know, any, any of those social um, factors. So if it's one really good email, that's better than four mediocre emails. No, that makes a lot of sense. And in the concept, in the context of, you know, real estate companies, um, whether they're trying to attract investors or trying to attract brokers to find you to send you, uh, properties. Uh, could you kind of talk about um, the real estate companies that you've worked with and what their pain points were? Yeah. So I think um, in a lot of industries, it's been okay for so long to have an older website. And you can kind of tell, I mean, I'm not saying that it was built in 1998 HTML in someone's basement, but it's just not maintained or updated. And as an investor, if I look at that website and there's typos or bad font or just crazy images, I, I can't say that I feel confident in investing in that company. So what we'll do is help make that brand better. We'll create a better website, better content, better engagement, and it doesn't need to be anything crazy or crazy expensive, it just needs to be better. Um, again, going back to one good email is better than four mediocre, one good landing page is better than having 25 pages of a poorly done website. Um, so it's engagement factor, it's user experience factor, and then of course the content on the SEO side. Um, but if nobody wants to sit, stay on your site, then it really doesn't matter what you do. Right. And can you kind of talk about, you know, the importance of almost systematizing their, their content marketing and having a plan in place first before trying to do it yourself and getting a little bit of success here and there. Um, could you kind of just talk about how, you know, having a system, whether it's through using someone like you, and, and I'm sure you have software that helps you, um, you know, nav you know, and your clients navigate their marketing right. process. Um, could you just kind of talk about how important that is? Because I, I feel like that's been more important to me recently. Absolutely. So you can't have a plan if you don't have a goal. So if your goal is to get a million dollar client, or if your goal is to get 500,000 views, that will help you create the plan to get there. So you have to define, clearly define what your goals are. And then your plan might change 25 times from inception to destination. Um, but it's important to be ready for that and be flexible. So if the importance of your content is at the core of what you're doing. You want to make sure that you're attracting the right clients and the right consumers. You're attracting the right eyes. You have the right content. So that might be video content, having a YouTube channel that might be embedded on your uh, personal or, or private um, LinkedIn, as well as landing pages on your website. Um, you can repost over to Instagram. So you really need to be where your potential clients are. And you need to also focus on the keywords of your content. So if you're just a commercial lender or a commercial real estate individual, you don't care about residential. So clearly defining what your brand is, what your strategy is, also includes where you want to be, whether it's a year from now or five years from now. Um, and you should be pivoting along the way because my argument is if you're not pivoting, then you're missing opportunities that might arise. After this COVID-19 is done, whether it's two months, two years, or, or 10 years, we're not going to be the same. So what your strategy was a few months ago needs to change already, and it will need to change again. So along the way to the goal, your plans will change. 
No, and that makes a lot of sense. And another question and topic I kind of want to talk about is, you know, for newer companies or even established companies, is there a one size fits all strategy kind of? Because like, I guess the question is more of what's more effective in terms of the data. So is it blog posts? Is it, you know, weekly articles? Is it podcasting? Is it, you know, videos with educational content? What's been the most effective even actually, especially during this crisis, because like you said, most people are on the computers right now. Yeah. So I would argue even search engine marketing is super impactful right now because prices have come down quite a bit. So individuals that might have pulled back on their marketing budget could have been the cause of, of why these dollars and the, the ad spend can be more impactful at this point. Um, one size does not fit, fit all because if it did, then I'd be a millionaire because I can repackage that and everyone can use it, but it's, it's not possible. So what will work for, again, a commercial real estate individual or a title insurance company are going to be two very different strategies because you're attracting very different clients. So um, in your case, Anthony, you own multifamily units, multiple buildings, that audience might prefer to see your, your properties on video or on Instagram. They want to see it you can't necessarily see the importance of title insurance or of homeowner's insurance, right? So those clients might be better suited for a Google ad or a Facebook ad for somebody who's a first time buyer or an investment purchaser. Um, so it, it really can't be a one size fits all, even in the same industry, because you might be a multifamily unit um, investor and there might be one right next door to you, but your approach is different or the price point is different or, any number of other factors can be different. So therefore your strategy has to be different by default. No, and that makes a lot of sense just, just thinking about it uh, as a whole. Um, and to, to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, what has been you know, successful so far for your real estate clients? And also um, number two, whenever you bring on a new client, do you, I'm assuming you have different checkpoints. So whether that's a monthly checkpoint with a bunch of analytical data on traffic, on clicks, subscribers, whatever the, you know, um, uh, metric is, I'm sure that's something to keep track. And then, like you said, if there's makes sense to pivot, there's a little pivot in strategy. So for people who are listening and, you know, are a little scared to take on something like this, you can always, you have to adapt, especially in a time like, like now. So, um, could you kind of talk to, to those things? Absolutely. So you don't want to approach any strategy, whether it's content marketing or investment by throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. So when you're looking at your content and the metrics, and I'm a big fan of data and metrics because I want to know what works, why it works and how to replicate it. Because in an ideal world, that would also equal more success um, and better use of my efforts, right? It's more productive. So when we're looking at a new client, we're looking at what they're doing for the first 30 days to see what can we do to improve it. After 30 days, we're looking at the 60 day mark. What has been done? Where can we improve it again? And then after that, obviously it's done on a monthly basis, but then looked at more intensely at quarterly to make sure that we haven't missed anything in the aggregate of data versus month to month. You can kind of get a bigger picture quarter to quarter and year to year if you have that. So if you're posting a blog, um, in your case, Anthony, about um, multifamily investment units, let's say, you want to make sure that it's, it's relevant. So is the market um, closing like we've seen in Detroit where they have, their housing market isn't great? 
or is it booming like in northern New Jersey where more industry is coming and there's more more need for affordable housing that might not be a new house um, so when you're factoring the demographics and what's important you need to make sure that content aligns with that through and through uh, and how often have you seen companies that try to do something on the you know whether they're a small company and they don't have like a marketing person on their team um, make mistakes and then when the mistakes are made it's how long does it take to kind of recover when they you know work with someone like you or or just realign their whole marketing strategy like how long does that typically take it can take a day or it can take a year um, what I often find with business owners that have always done their own marketing because they want to save the dollars they know best their business they don't want anybody else to touch it um, I can't work with people like that because there's always a way to do it better so one thing I see when I'm working with certain clients is they think that what they have to say is the most important even if it's not what somebody wants to hear so as salespeople, we know it's not about us and our business, it's about our client. What do they need? What do they need to survive? What do they need to get better? What do they need to earn money? Whatever their goal is, going back to goals. Um, so it's about them. If you're not talking to them on their level, they're not going to hear you. So websites or, or even emailers that say, my experience, I am, I will, those words, first person, not great. You want to make it more inclusive. You want to make it about we and you, you meaning the client, um, where it's more engaging, more uh, warm and inviting because you want them to also read the whole article because that helps your SEO, of course. Um, but it needs to be about them and their needs, their pain points, as opposed to who you are and what you've done in the past. That should speak for itself. Awesome. And can you kind of talk about your team? So in terms of, you know, whether you're writing content or editing content, can you kind of talk about how you manage that process for a client? Um, so I'm usually the, the main person to deal with the client and the liaison for my team. I have my junior project managers that can manage that as well, um, depending on what the client need is, especially if it's a, a German client. I don't speak German, unfortunately. So my German PM takes care of them. But day-to-day um, -day comes through me and people that I trust. And then from there, I help be the liaison for website development, design, branding, strategy, um, SEO, SEM, any kind of content, original, translated, um, emails, all of that. Got it. And so you've been doing this for, for a while now. How have you seen this kind of evolve from when you started for, to where it is today? Like how have you seen just the online marketing evolve is obviously it's been increasing um you know even before coronavirus like how have you seen the the trend and, and you know things becoming more digitized yeah it's it's been interesting because most recently uh google put out an update that uses more of a user intention standpoint so i might search for uh, salsa verde in google and now Google needs to understand, am I searching for how to make it, where I can buy it, or how to get it shipped to me? Those are all three different intentions. So until I put another qualifier in, they might not know. But when I'm looking at that as a whole, whether it's for real estate or recipes or any other thing, it's important to understand what the user intent is. So although I know what I want to say, what does the user want to hear? So if I own a company that, that makes salsa, 
I want to make sure that in my content, it says salsa verde, how to make it, how to buy it. And I include all of the potential um, outcomes for such a, a sparse search query. Um, so understanding user intent is kind of a game changer because I think prior to that, it was a little bit more mechanical the way keywords were chosen. Um, and it was more rigid. You must have these exact keywords in this exact way in order for you to rank for that, that search. Um, and they're, they're getting away from that. So it's been interesting to see the content become a little bit more human and a little less rigid overall as both a user and a content creator. It's nice to see that, that arc. Got it. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I guess, what would you, if you were to take on a new client that never focused on marketing, they have a basic website, you know, they're kind of, they're, their message is there, like you, you understand what they do, but it could be communicated much better. Right. Um, what's like one of the first steps that you take, you know, the, the client through? Is it just evaluating the brand or like what's um, just the first thing that you look at? I want to first understand what their goals are because if, if they don't care about their website and they know that they have enough referrals and recurring business that the website's more of just a place to pay, you know, monthly rent or, or get an article, it might just be a stopping station and that's fine. So we don't need to focus on that. Maybe let's focus on the mailers. So understanding what their goal is, whether they're a new client or old client is super important because it will help develop the plan and the strategy of attack. Um, looking at their branding is important because it needs to align. It can't go from first, second to third person. It can't be, you know, too bold and loud if it's meant to attract people for senior living communities, let's say. Um, so it needs to fit the, the company brand as well as the people that you actually want to reach. Um, and then from there, everything's kind of falling into place, right? Where we're looking at what content to include on which website page how can we improve their ranking for SEO by adding blogs or video content? And then how can we capitalize on all of those efforts in their social media campaigns or email campaigns, um, again, to help drive traffic back to their website? Got it. And you mentioned mailers. So uh, is that one of the strategies that, if, like you said, if the website's not that important, do you also help them with you know, direct mail marketing or you know, other forms of marketing? Yep. Help them okay. craft that. Um, especially in real estate, for some reason, people hang on to that piece of paper more than they would hang on to that email in their inbox. You'll get 20 seconds of them clicking through your email. Maybe they get to the bottom, maybe they don't. And then they'll probably click delete. They're not saving it in their favorites folder. Whereas if it's a, a mailer with a house that they like or a property or um, some information that's important to them, it'll probably stay on their desk much longer and kind of be a passive advertisement for you or your properties as opposed to an email. Got it. And, and that makes a lot of sense of the physical, you yep. know, paper, especially for, like you said, a residential agent. Uh, I get mailers all the time. I probably still have them somewhere yep. in my house, some in a pile Did somewhere. Have their emails? No. Exactly. No. Well, they're in the trash file, but um, <laughs> I'm sure they're like encrypted somewhere, but right. I wouldn't be searching for them, but I can go in my, you know, cabinet here and I probably have maybe three or four of them. So that's truly amazing. But, and, and you can, you can also digitize those mailers too, right? Yes. There's yeah. programs that Content exists. So why not reuse it in some capacity, right? You're not reusing it online because then that's duplicated content, but you are reusing it and in, in a physical form, a physical piece of paper. Got it. And so, so for my listeners and when you're sending, 
you know, some of my listeners send out when they're trying to find off-market properties. That one of the strategies is direct mail marketing. So the key thing to figure out when you're attacking that strategy, when you're sending out mailers, and it actually is effective, and actually not many people do it for larger multifamily buildings. It's usually single family, but if more people apply it towards larger multifamily, and if I was an owner and I got something, I'm willing to buy your property, $10 million property, I'd be like, who's this? Let me call them. Um, so um, I, for the listeners, it's, it, it's very important to you know have that also, it doesn't have to be online. It can also be, you know, physical as well. And it's uh, interesting to to hear that. Um, well, great. Uh, so uh, basically, you know, the time for the podcast is is coming to an end. And and usually, I like to wind it down with just some three uh, closing questions. Uh, first question would be: um, Do you have a favorite, you know, business book or just a book in general that you recommend to my listeners? Yeah, so I just finished reading Can You Hear Me Now, Managers by Denny Sturgill. I probably pronounced that wrong. Uh, former Verizon CEO. Um, love it. Love that book. I think I might read it again over the weekend because I was so inspired by it. Um, and it was partially self-validating, but then also fulfilling because it, it makes me understand the path to a good manager begins with Can You Hear Me Now. Can You Hear Me Now? No, I've never, never heard of that. Um, might have to go on Kindle tonight. Um, and then the second question would be outside of real estate. I know you, but could you tell my listeners what kind of hobbies you have outside? I'm sorry, outside of marketing. <laughs> um, my hobbies leave the house include, um, obviously hiking and just being outside in nature. I, I would love for that day to arrive tomorrow. Um, once again, but beyond that, um, you know, spending time with family, friends, hosting parties, going to parties, all of the things that um, are social in nature. That's awesome. And lastly would be um, if you had one role model, whether it's in the business world or personal world, who would it be? Ooh, I've never been asked this. This is interesting. So I think <laughs> I would have to say my mother, um, you know, as a child, you always grow up and you want to be just like your mom and do everything just like your mom. And I think now that I'm the age that I am in my current life, um, I appreciate her very much. And I, I still look up to her in, in many ways, even though she's now shorter than me. <laughs> That's true. Monica is tall, um, <laughs> but she's great. So, so Monica, we want to thank you again for coming on the Discovering Multifamily podcast. Uh, how can my listeners find you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn or go to my website at www.mdinc.co. Great. And what I'll do, guys, is I'm going to put a link to Monica's LinkedIn and also her website in the comments section of this podcast. So, And if you want to reach out to Monica and for some reason you're having a hard time looking at the comments, reach out to me. I'll put you in touch with Monica. Uh, but thanks again for coming on. and We really appreciate it. And um, you know, we're recording this at the end of April, so yeah, stay safe still, and uh, hopefully we get out of this pretty soon. Awesome. Thank you, Anthony, for having me. I'd love to help you in any way or any of your connections and clients. Thank you again. All right. Thank you, Monica.